0: Hey, this is Scotty Dingus, pastor of West Logan Church. We are glad you're joining us for our podcast today. I hope you find what you need in today's message. We really have talked about how the journey in our walk with Christ involves many different things. But one thing that we often have that we don't talk about, even in our journey with Christ, is that we become exhausted. Some of us are exhausted just because of the demand of everyday life. Some of us are exhausted with finances. Some of us are just don't even know why. It's just we're exhausted. No matter how much we sleep at night, we're seeing exhausted. But to, to be exhausted means to be tired physically or mentally. And most of the time, these seasons of exhaustion come in what we've already talked about in this series, in seasons of delay. It's the, the moment God gives us a promise, and we know we heard from God in his presence, and it's the moment that he gives the promise, until the promise is fulfilled many times, until we see it come our, become our reality, that we have a lot of exhaustion from the word, because we'll get the word from God, and we're very excited. Oh, that's for me. I mean, we're ready to climb a mountain that day. But then we realize there's a waiting period from the time of true fulfillment of that word. And we talked about how David, he knew that God had called him and anointed him to be a king. And when he would look at Saul and that throne, he's like, one day it's my throne. And yes, it was supposed to be. Yes, it was part of the will of God. But God has so much more in mind than what even David could even imagine than just that throne. But he had an eternal throne that we would call the house of David. And we study it through Scripture, and we know that it should have been the house of Saul. But because of the disobedience of Saul, God stripped him of that and found a man after his own heart. But David never imagined either all the delay. He ran for his life for about seven to ten years. He was running from his life before he ever came into his promise of that throne. And then last week, we talked about the delay of the journey. And delay is the in-between time. And there's seasons of delay. And during the time of delay is when the word that God's given you has been tested. That every time God speaks a promise to you, that promise will be tested before it is fulfilled in your life. But today, we're going to deal with the times of exhaustion because of spiritual attacks. I'm going to call them harassments. It's when the devil's constantly picking at you. He's constantly nudging you. He's constantly harassing your life. In the Bible, I'm going to give you two scriptures as our foundation today. John 16, if you want to turn there, and then also 1 Peter chapter 4. And then we're going to build from that. And it says in John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Then 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, we read it last week. Beloved, do not be surprised. He said, don't be surprised. Don't be taken at the fiery ordeal which has taken place to test you. That is, to test the quality of your faith. As though something strange or unusual were happening to you. But insofar, as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, keep, him, keep on rejoicing so that when His glory filled with His radiance and splendor is revealed, you may rejoice with glory, so or with joy. But harassments are the repeated attacks in our pursuit or journey before we ever get to the promises of God. In fact, the enemy knows the assignment on your life. He knows the assignment that God has for you. And many times we'll tell people about the dream or the vision or what God's spoken. And the, the, the enemy can tell you're heading somewhere that's going to bring you into a greater anointing or a blessing or promise for your life. So he's constantly bringing encounters into your life so that, that there will be exhaustion in your walk with God. That the devil knows if he can get us so depleted and so exhausted. Have you ever watched how these people interrogate somebody? They really try to upset them when they interrogate them. They pick at them until they're frustrated and they'll just walk out of the room or want to walk out of the room or they'll slam something or they'll scream something out and and they'll give up something they shouldn't be giving up as far as information. The devil is always trying to get you so exhausted and to interrogate you with little harassments all the time just to upset you so that you'll just finally maybe even abandon ship. That you'll just stop. In fact, we know that storms come suddenly. That's what the enemy uses, is storms. In fact, sometimes storms, they start with a soft wind, right? The wind starts blowing like, well, the storm's coming. And next thing you know, two minutes later, you're in a downpour. That's exactly how storms happen spiritually. Just everything's going good. From one moment, you're going from complete blessing. And the next moment, you're in a storm. But before that storm comes upon you really quick, next thing you know, it's like the weather has changed. One little thing starts to happen. And it's like the soft wind. And not much longer after that, you're in the middle of your storm. You went from one extreme to the other. And we are pursuing God's promises. But these storms happen and these harassments come that bring exhaustion. These attacks cause you to be blind to the promises of God. The enemy wants you to be so exhausted that you quit looking at the end result. He wants you so exhausted that you do do not any longer look at the promise that God's given you. It's like all of a sudden the storm will cause you to be so exhausted that you forget what God really has before you. See, storms against your assignment and God are facts. They happen. It's just a matter of the fact it's going to happen. Your commitment, now hear this, your commitment to the promise God has given you is revealed in the storm. You find out what you're made of, you really don't even know who you are until a storm comes. In fact, when you get married, it's all good. But you had the first storm come in that marriage, then you know who you married then. I'll never forget what my father-in-law told me. Love that man. He looked at me and said, Listen, you know everything good about this girl. But I want to tell you the ugly truth. I wanna tell you everything bad. This is who she is. About a year after been married to her, I said, You remember when you told me the ugly truth of everything we sat down when I asked you for her hand in marriage? You? you went, Yep. I said, It's all true, bro. <laughs> it's all true. You ain't lying, the sister's just like that. You know, Uh, and and, and of course, she found out who I really was, too. But your commitment to the promise God's given you is revealed in the storm. In fact, I look at Christians, they are like tea bags. They are not worth much until they're in hot water. Let that set in. Drop you. God's like, it's time. They got to go through a storm somewhere. I mean, when I first got saved, man, it's like six months, man, I was on the mountain. And one, thing, one day all hell broke loose. I'm like, what in the world? is? I thought this thing was supposed to be good. But I, then I realized there's storms too that make us better. But then you begin to find out how much you're worth when you are dropped into the hot water. And I want to talk to you about surviving harassment. So I want to give you five really short, quick principles of surviving harassment. And we're going to look at this story of the Apostle Paul in Acts 27. It says this, on the next day, As we were being violently tossed about the storm and taken on water, they began throwing the cargo overboard. And on the third day, they drew the ship's tackle, spare lines, blocks, miscellaneous equipment overboard with their own hands to further reduce the weight. Since neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days, and no small storm kept raging about us, from then on all hope of our being saved was growing worse and worse and gradually abandoned. Now, first thing to surviving harassments in your pursuit of God is do not let go of the things that's gotten you where you are right now. What we do, we're on this ship and the harassment comes and they begin to throw overboard in the story of Paul. Things that got them right where they were. They was like, well, the storm's here, let's lighten the ships, even helps. But they began the things that had got them to sell so well, they began to throw cargo over, they begin to throw things over that they would need. And many times we don't realize we begin to throw things overboard when the storm comes. And there's certain truths or foundations or degrees of commitment or faithfulness that's been established in us that's gotten us to where we're at that we cannot afford to throw overboard because a little harassment has come our way. you got to ask yourself the question, what are those things in my life that are valuable to my standing in the storm? Know those things. And you Got to keep working those things. You don't abandon them. This is where we stay with the word of the Lord. We're like God's gave me this word and I can't even throw the word overboard Days gave me. Or the commitments or the truth that I have placed in my life that's gotten me where I'm at. You cannot come to the place and throw it overboard or lighten the load because the storms come. And what do you mean? I've seen people say this. You know, I've just been overly committed to church. Storm's coming. If I'm going to cut one thing out, I'm going to cut some Jesus out. So let's just don't go to church. (laughs) I've had this before. Well, let's just, I know now pastor's really preaching, right? You're like, my first day back, this is what he preaches on. Well, we need to hear it. And then there's times, too, it's just not our church attendance, but it's our commitments to the call that God's placed in our life. So then we start taking down our commitments to the house of God. Like, I don't need that many commitments. Besides cutting out things of the world, we begin to cut out spiritual things. And some people say, you know i study and pray all the time? I really, you know, I think I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to let that replace my prayer time. I mean, you can come up with stuff all day long, and then I've seen people cut down even giving in tough times. I'm just not talking about financial, but I'm talking about in just giving of time to the house of God or to the kingdom of God or to good things in the community. If we don't watch, we're going to cut down on things that have been our source of strength and power as we've been pursuing Christ. And just because things get tough does not mean that we begin to cut down on the things that has been a source of strength to our life. I can remember one day, and y'all's gonna laugh at me, because I've been there. I, I'm not a, a goody-two-shoes that's never done anything crazy. I looked at my mom and dad. Dad was pastoring. I had I worked six days a week. I was working 50, 60 hours a week at this place, and I had around 400 employees. I was the second person in charge of all these employees, and, and, and it was why I was preaching and all that, and I went, man, I haven't had a day off, I, and, and I hadn't had a vacation, and I looked at mom and dad, and dad's just a gracious pastor. I said, hey, I want to miss tomorrow church. I just need a golf day. I don't go by myself. No one will be there on Sunday morning really early. I went out there, and everybody, hey, preacher. <laughs> You're not in church today. I'm like, I really messed up today. I'm sorry, guys. I thought I was taking a day off. I should have came after church later today and missed Sunday night church. That's back when we had Sunday night church. Two, we had Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I served, got all kinds of things in the church, taught, filled in. It was just one day. I just wanted to take off. But when I went out there on the golf course, I haven't golfed a lot lately in the last few years, but I used to golf, you know. I really liked golfing. But when I went out there, everybody's like, hey, preacher, have you quit church already? I'm like, my God. They all thought I just abandoned ship. I just wanted a day off. Then I realized that wasn't a good witness, and that was not speaking anything to all those guys. If I was going to take a day off, I didn't even say at home, but you didn't have Netflix back then, you know? Everything on TV back then was TV preachers, and, and I thought I had enough sermons at that time in my life. But sometimes we think we can cut off something or abandon something or throw it overboard in our pursuit because we're exhausted, and sometimes it's just not a good idea. And they did not understand about this storm They didn't understand the reason for it. They didn't understand what was taking place. And it's important to understand the purpose of your storm many times. Some storms just propel you to be closer to God and to be closer to the promise that God has over your life. Many storms just propels you, in fact... Usually when a storm comes, there's a new season on the other end of the storm with a fresh anointing for your life. That's why you continue to pursue though you're exhausted, right? Then the second thing is this, this to survive in harassments is you always find the source of your storms. You need to, you need to find that source. Why is a storm happening? Because sometimes the storms that we have is due to our own foolishness. We'll blame the devil, but we did it. That woman wouldn't be yelling at you if you didn't act stupid this morning. Right? I almost had one of those days yesterday on Ethan's birthday. I smoked a big old pork butt. I know it's supposed to be pork shoulder, but it's okay to say pork butt, right? And I smoked it from about 10.30 at night. Ethan liked it. I'd done every bit of his favorite things to eat except for crab legs for his birthday yesterday. But I started at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night on Friday night. And every two hours, I set an alarm. I was getting up. Next morning, gets up. I started joking with Kristen. I'm kind of a morning person. And I already had a lot of caffeine by the time she walked in there. And I was like, we go, oh, Lord, she's going to do like a special breakfast for Ethan. I said, we got to share a kitchen. This could be dangerous. And I looked at her and I started joking. I said, now you got a half this kitchen with me today. She looked at me. She said, don't you start with me. I went, oh, my God, I was just joking. She thought I was being smart aleck so She hadn't been woke up long enough that daddy just wanted to have fun, right? And I almost ruined the whole day. But the second thing to surviving is that we always find the source of storms. The Bible says in Proverbs 26 and 2, a curse without a cause shall not come. Every storm we encounter has a cause. It can be our foolishness. It can be the fact that God just allowed you to go through a storm. And also, it can be what we've been talking about today, these harassments. But you need to Study your storm. Is it something you've done? Is it because the devil's attacker? is this just a storm that you need to discern? God is trying to do something with your character. He's trying to bring something better in your life. In fact, in Acts 27, the apostle Paul is on an assignment by God that is interrupted by a storm. Here he is supposed to go stand before Caesar. It's, it's, It's the will of God that he goes and stands before Caesar. Now, this was his assignment. This was the mandate on his life. But he had to experience a storm before he could ever get to Caesar. I know this is a funny way to put it, but Caesar is lacking our promise. And we're supposed to stand. He had a word for Caesar. God has a word for your life and a promise. And even before you become, before your Caesar, to speak what God's given you, there's always a storm trying to to hinder you of getting there. So the storm happened due, not, not, not only due to just humanity's disobedience, but this storm was, was, was a, a spiritual thing that was coming upon them. But also Paul's like, this they wouldn't be so bad if y'all just listened to God. No doubt God allowed him to walk through it. But also it was a time that he's like, you guys should have been listening to the Lord during this. This storm's here because you didn't listen to me. Paul tried to warn them, there's some things you need to do, but they wasn't listening. Then thirdly, to survive in harassment in your pursuit of Christ, you need to become destiny-minded. You need to be walking about in the earth. God has a plan for me. So many Christians are walking in the earth, and this is what they do. I'm just just chilling. I pray every now and then. I go to church some. You need to get in your mind. You're a walking, talking threat to the enemy, and you're a voice of God in the earth. You need to become so destiny-minded that the devil, he knows that if he messes with you, that you're still going to be decreed against the storm. You're going to be, you know, when things get rough and tough and you tell me I can't, I set my mind even stronger to it. I mean, the more you punch at me, the more you hit at me, I've learned by now, I just got to get down and, and it's wartime. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not giving up. I said, I've got too much investing. God's got so much promise he's given over me. He's given me the breath of life. He's given me the way of life. I'm going to give all that I can because I am definitely destined by the Father. And here's the good news is that you're destined by the Father as well to do great things in the kingdom. See, no matter how desperate we become or how much you're battle tested, because you will be battle tested. You, you might have given up on your call. You might try to put it on the back burner, but it's never too late to pick up the destiny mindset and says, I know God's called me. I know He's anointing me and I know that I'm going to be fruitful in everything I do for Him. You're placed on this earth with an agenda by God to do awesome things. Then Paul tells the sailors in Acts 27, he says, For this very night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me and said, Stop being afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God's given you the lives of all those who are sailing with you. Now, it was God's will for Paul to stand before Caesar. Caesar is a type of the promise of God over our lives. And when we have a word of the Lord or an assignment of our life, we all have that Caesar moments that we must come, and God's really going to place us somewhere. See, if God has destined you to face or stand before a Caesar, then you got to believe it, and you got to walk in it. Paul's on this ship, people throwing things overboard. He's like, y'all need to quit throwing things overboard. If y'all listen to me, this would be just fine. But here they are just tossing things. And, but Paul's destiny, minded, he's like, listen, an angel stood before me. He was sent here by the God who I serve. All y'all's lives, I'm okay. You're going to be okay. He knew he was ordained to stand before Caesar. So Acts 27, 25 says this. So keep up your courage, men, for I believe God and have complete confidence in him that it will turn out exactly if I told you. Now, Paul said, listen, I got confidence. I want you guys to be encouraged. I got confidence that the same God that allowed me to walk into this storm, be on this ship, is the same God is going to tell the storm to stop and I'm going to come out and be for my Caesar. And you got to understand that God has allowed you to be exactly where you're at today, that he's letting you walk through this time of exhaustion because he believes you can still pursue Christ and make it. He believes there's in you no quit in you. He believes that there's in you such confidence in him that you're not going to give up today. And I completely give God all of that in my life and I have faith is what Paul said is that he's able to keep everything that I've committed unto him. He did not panic but he remained focused. When we are exhausted we panic. Where can I hit a button and get out of this? Where's the eject button? Where can I change something in my life? You must make up your mind now that you're going to stand in the storms of harassment of life. But though you're going through those storms you need to be confident that the same God that's allowed you to be there is the same God is keeping you. What now you're in the storm, and he's going to bring you to the other side in your promise. You got to have a made up mind. Fourth one is this to survive in harassments in your pursuit in Christ, develop staying power. What's that mean? Staying power with your call, your dream, your promise. It's over your life. Staying power. I'm not giving up, I'm not quitting. We have too many people that quit too soon in life. They quit at everything. I can remember as a kid, if I was down 40 and nothing, I still get trying to get two more points. Kids today's like, I'm just walking off, I'm quitting. I've already lost, it's over. I'm like, no, no, no we're playing to the end. Even if I'm getting a beat down on my life, we're playing. I got something to, I got some dignity. I'm playing. I'm staying. And if we will get that in our walk with God, that I'm staying no matter the storm. You know, has there been storms I want to jump ship? I'll be honest with you. As the pastor here, I can tell you, there's been times I'm like, my God, am I the storm? You know, am I, am I the joker that brought the storm on? You know, am I, if I am God, hey, listen, let these people have peace. Am I Jonah? Do I need to jump so the storm will cease type of thing? That's a whole different sermon. Some people usually need to throw off your boat because they are a storm. I'll preach that another time for you. (laughs) But we need staying power for our call. What did Paul say? He said in verse 27, verses 30 and 31, but as the sailors were trying to escape secretly from the ship, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men remain on the ship, you cannot be saved. He's like, if y'all jump ship, it's really going to hurt what God's doing. God's got a plan in all this. They were trying to secretly go behind Paul's back and other people on the boat and just jump ship. They was trying to orchestrate. You cannot bail out on the dream that God's given you. You've been the man or woman of God in your house. You can't bail out on God for your family. You need to say, I'm in this. My family needs me to be connected in prayer. My family needs to see me entertaining God in worship. My family needs to see me honoring God in prayer over the meal. My family needs to see me hit my knee. My family needs to see me break in worship with tears in the house of God. I can't bail on the dream of my family or my marriage or my job. I'm still going to be connected because stay in power and keeping the dream and being consistent to the call will make you unmovable in the pursuit. Harassments are to get you to jump. Get you to try to do something else. I want to encourage you today not to throw in the towel. There's been times I've entertained. Not the quit, but what about something else? They didn't want to quit on life. They just wanted away from that boat. But sometimes that's the boat God's assigned you to. You need to discern, this is my boat and I'm riding it out. You need to dig in and keep the promise. I like this scripture in 2 Corinthians. It talks about the grace that God's given us or the spirit that God's placed us in. 2 Corinthians 10, 13 and 14. We, on the other hand, will not boast beyond our proper limits, but will keep within the limits of our commission, our territory, authority, which God's granted us as a measure which reaches and includes even you. We're not overstepping the limits of our province as if we did not legitimately reach to you. For we were the very first to come even as far as you with the good news of Christ. God is speaking to Paul and he's saying, listen, this is your spirit. This is your calling. You need to know where you're called and the spirit that God's called you in. I know my call. I know where the goods are in my life. I know not to overstep those boundaries. In fact, I know it so well by now, because there's times I've tried to step into it, and I'm like, God's definitely not in that gift set for me, especially singing. (laughs) Right? I like to yell and war cry during worship, but I can't sing. But sometimes we try to get out of our sphere of calling and influence and anointing and try to step in something that's not for us. I like placing as many people around me on the things I'm not gifted at. And there's all kinds of things I'm not gifted at. And I have all these people around me. But I love it because they're in their influence and they're fulfilling their dreams and their calls as I'm fulfilling mine. And I know what God's called me to. So we can't gift hop or call hop. Stay in your own boat. Work out your own boat. Work out of it. See, the temptation to bail sometimes is that I'm exhausted and it looks good and, and, and glamorous. What they're doing, I'm going to try to do that, but that may not be your gift step, uh, gift gifting place. God has a grace or a spear of anointing for our lives. God gives us grace for certain uh, spears or influences. We need to know what those are. We need to hear from God and not try to hop on something that's out of our spear because you haven't seen a storm until you get out of the very call or the dream or you begin to abandon it. It's a continual storm until you get back because that's not your grace. It's not your sphere of influence. We cannot go beyond our limit or placement, but we must stay within the limits and commission given by God. According to this text in 2 Corinthians, we, we, we can get out of our call and out of our spirit. And when we step outside the spirit of God's call in our lives, we lose out on the divine hand of God. That's why it's so important to stay in the spirit. You have your own Caesar to get to. Don't try to find another one. Stay in the boat and sail to the place that God's called you to sail to. Know your boat and stay in it. And when you're in the right boat, no matter the storm, you're going to survive the promise thanks for listening today if you'd like to reach out to us please contact us through social media or at westloganchurch.com